Hi, this is Bobby Boys. I'm a client relationship manager at American Riviera Bank. I am with my friend and client, John Bennett of Brophy Brothers, Farmer Boy, Benchmark, and On the Alley Eateries. Did I leave any out? And Cliff Room. And Cliff Room, that's right. I did not include Cliff Room. Um, today, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of the restaurant business, I guess, in Santa Barbara specifically. Um, I know you came here from New York when you were about 12. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 12, went to Santa Barbara High. After Santa Barbara High, went to LA for a couple years and then basically came back and kind of have been here ever since in the business. Um, how did you get started in the restaurant business? Um, my, my family was in the restaurant business. My dad uh, had a bakery right down the street here where, where Elements was, you know, by the courthouse. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. And uh, he had that, the Enterprise. Rocky Galenis, where Finney's is now. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. He had the concession at the County Bowl. So I was I was raised in the industry, and uh, my first job was folding boxes at the bakery. And that place okay. pumped, because remember, back in the 80s, this was this was where it was happening. Piccadilly Square, the Granada, yep. the Theater District. This was the area. And then they opened Paseo Nuevo, and it, and it flopped. Huh, Just like now, it's flopped to the funk zone. Yep. And then I assume after they make some improvements, which I hope to God they do on State Street, it'll flop back. I mean, it's just right. what's happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but that was my first job there. Made cookies, you know, orange juice. After junior high, I went to Santa Barbara Junior High. I'd ride my bike over here. I'd work every day. And then I'd ride my bike home to San Rookie. It was awesome. Is this all in the family too? You, sisters too? Yeah. Carrie there? Everybody's no, doing no, this? No, no, no. They worked. Here? They worked. They, they waited a little. They, they started working a little when they were a little older. And they, I think believe they started at... John Dory, which is now Brophy's. Oh, okay. And I think there were, you know, hostesses there. I think that was their first run. Okay. Um, but, you know, that was a long time ago. So you've, over the years, held almost every position in the restaurant yeah. industry, right? Yeah. Buster, server, bartender, uh, manager. Prep cook, cook. Prep cook, yeah. You know, dishwasher, box folder, to yeah. uh, purchaser, uh, steward, mm -hmm. uh, valet. <laughs> every single yeah, thing. No, yeah, it's fun. all the bases. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was, it was important, you know, because I kind of knew I was going to be in the industry when I was a kid. I wasn't very great in school. Mm -hmm. You know, I was kind of, I, I liked hands-on. I liked, I kind of, I liked the hustle at a young age and I just started working in a kind of, by default, because mm -hmm. I didn't do great in school, I just became a tradesman, you know, in, in the restaurant industry and I just stuck with that and just, uh, you know, with its ups and downs along the way. But, but it's cool. Which there are many, and I'm sure oh. we'll get into them. Yeah, for sure. Um, was there a, uh, a love of it back then for you? Like, was it the hustle and bustle and uh, the liveliness to it that, that oh, kept yeah. you in it? The oh, people? yeah. The, in the 80s, man, it was amazing. You remember? I do. You were working in the... <laughs> I loved it. it. And I hate to say because it, it makes me sound so old, but the late 80s, it was fun. It was a yeah. lot of fun. I mean, we'd go to work, we'd serve people, we'd have fun, we'd drink a little, we'd flirt with one another. It was fun. Absolutely. And everybody was making money. Yep. And it, uh, it was roaring times. And with, and now I've wor I work with some people still now 25, 30 years. So mm -hmm. I'll ask women especially because I'm so interested in that whole, you know, issue, if you will. But I ask them, is it better? You know, is the work environment better now? Because like, we worked together 30 years. We worked together then. And uh, with, because now you have, 
you know, you know, uh, three-day sick leaves. You have all this write-up policies. You have all this, the, all these accommodations. You have all this oversight. You have all this training. You have ABC Serve Safe. You have food handling certification. You have all these certifications and trains and endorsements by the bureaucracy. And and is it better? Are you making more money? And they say no. We make less money. We have less fun. And that is unanimous about anybody our age. We're making yep. less money. We're having less fun. And they don't feel any safer. Or I mean, it's. It was just, and over the last 20 years, I mean, just little, uh, just chipping away, man. It's just Absolutely. been chipping away at us. Just, just, just the, that regulatory, that bureaucratic layer yep. that has just grown immensely. Well, I knew that we were going to get into this, and if we're pretty much here right now, let's just continue with it. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was going to ask, and this is probably just one small piece to what you were just talking about, but uh, how is the minimum wage? affecting your bottom line and how you run the businesses in California with the increase trying to go to $15? Oh, it's instant. It's, it's an inflationary move. The margins in this industry, and we have successful restaurants. Absolutely. So I promise you the margins aren't there for people that aren't as fortunate. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a, every dollar is a 4.5% menu price increase. So every dollar minimum wage equals four and a half percent minutes for full service restaurants. Mm-hmm. So that's basically just on the hours we had. It's just data, you know, just just crunching it, come up with that number. So when you look at it that way, then I'm raising prices at four and a half percent. So it's basically annually. It's too, inflation. You, uh-huh. It's it's industry specific inflation. So now we're sitting there we're taking an unusual inflation. Everybody's like, "There's no inflation. It's one point two percent." It's like, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Maybe across the board, but in this particular labor intensive industry, it's four and a half percent. And that's to cover our costs. At the same time, we've gotten better third-party platforms like, like, uh, like kind of like artificially intelligent, you know, scheduling platforms. Sure. And that reduces hours. Absolutely. So now we're reducing hours. We're doing exactly what you read about. You know, mm-hmm. when you read articles about the effects of minimum wage, that's exactly what we're doing. And, it, and it's nice to read because it rings so true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so you have a dollar. So now the only people that win. So with that inflationary pressure, the people get in the equation. The only people that win is the, is the government, mm-hmm. because I increase my prices, so therefore they have more sales tax. I also they increase my labor dollars, so that incru- it got payroll taxes. So they end up with a win-win. Absolutely. The employee doesn't ends up with less hours, and now we're tighter because we mm-hmm. have to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, they also have the Ninth District Court. They deemed in the same time the Ninth District Court deemed the back of the house not to be part of the direct customer's experience and eliminated them from being part of the tip pool. So now these guys that already got, so the back of the house got really negative affected by the minimum wage increase because the restaurant's already having to do it for all these people and then they're like, what about us? So then you got to give it to them also. Right. Right. Yeah. So no, no matter, no matter what. So then that pushes that up. So everything's going up, not just your minimum wage employees. Because they gauge themselves on what do we get paid versus what they get paid. How far are we above minimum wage? Fair calculation. Yeah. So everything went. Um, So as a result, like we've probably talked about many times, we Mm -hmm. have flat guest counts. Yep. And our sales are the same, but our guest counts have decreased. Now, is that a uh, saturation of the market? Is that a a price increase? When is it going to hit? So it's gnarly. That's interesting because I would ask that and throw that back at you, but it's probably too hard to say right now, um, specifically, what that is. Um, well, what is the ceiling? Yeah. Is it $17 on a hamburger? 
I mean, you're, right. you're, yeah, you are my, about. you are directly our, we're, we're not culinary, mech, you know, superstars. That's right. We just, we're hitting doubles, dude, yep. in all of our restaurants. We give good food for a fair price. Hopefully it's fun. That's right. That's it. You know, and so you're my consumer. Now, mm-hmm. seven, you tell me, is 17 too much? 18? Yeah, uh, I don't know. At some point, yeah. yes, it is. It's yeah. probably right around there, and it'd be a fine line. Yeah. Right. Uh, will I go there over and over again for a sixteen dollar hamburger if it's good? Yes. But if it's that same hamburger and it hits eighteen, that might trigger yeah. something to me where I go, I got to pay eighteen for this thing now. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, but I know that. So it's inflation. It's definitely yeah. it's happening in, in in this industry directly. What uh, I think to your benefit too, because you do have the successful restaurants and you've been doing it for so long. Um, you probably don't have a lot of turnover for employees, right? You've got some loyal people, especially brophies, that have been there forever. They're institutions in themselves, correct? Um, yes. What is a, a turnover like these days? Uh, is it more hostess-driven, busboys, the younger kids, and the older ones are staying? That have we're, not, we're not seeing the problem in the front of the house right now. We're seeing it in the back of the house. Really? And that's because tightening at the border. Right, so you got tightening. That's part of it. You have tightening at the border, but also you have you have an amazing rollout of new restaurants. So, so the job market. So, yeah, it is. What's what's unemployment now? Three point something percent. Yep, pretty low. Right. Okay. So, but that's not that's not here. The jobs far out exceed Mm -hmm. the guys that that can fill them. Yep. In the back of the house. So you so with all these back of the house positions, now there's actually on top of that forced wage increase we had to do for non. Minimum wage employees. Mm-hmm. Now they're, they're now they now they're playing you, right? Because the jobs, you know, like dude, the guy down the street paid me two bucks. I'm like, yeah, but that's nearsighted, because I'm not I'm not closing my doors and I always pay my bills. So exactly. they might want to just stay here and just and go yeah, with the times. it out and they leave. So we're seeing that happen a lot. I've heard that from other uh, clients as well in yeah. the business with their back of the house employees, essentially doing that and then coming back in six months, exactly yes. to what you say. I mean, like, hey. Uh, I had a manager that- leave. I had a manager leave, actually, Benchmark and Ventura Brophies. Um, she worked at both. She left to take a new job and uh, because of this exact d- discussion, and, and it closed a week and a half later. Wow. And she called me up and was like, you are right. I'm like, I'm just saying there's something about predictability. They're head of household. So, they, I mean, I get nearsighted thinking on that, man. I'm, I need. I can sure. make an extra 150 bucks a month. I got to go. It goes a long way yeah. for them, definitely. So, I, I get it. Yep. But with the other with the other demographic, I always try to encourage them. Like, oh, hold on, I, hold on a second. This could be interesting. Very. And they jump around a lot, and that tends to be the what happens. Um, you just mentioned earlier for uh, the saturation of restaurants in Santa Barbara. Um, what do you think are the biggest drawbacks? The biggest hindrances for the lack of success for people that open restaurants? Do they just get in it with their heart and not their mind? Um, uh, there's probably a numerous things that uh, um, go towards their unsuccessfulness. Um, but w- what do you see? You know, if somebody comes to you and like, hey, John, I got this great idea, I'm gonna do this. What do you think? What do you, what's the kind of the first list of things uh, the- that you would say to them? The, the first thing that I always uh, it, it's about like what are your what, what are your uh, what are your no go zones like I mean for example when you're taking over a restaurant or God forbid you have to build one out from a retail right mm-hmm. or convert one from retail to the restaurant but if you look at an existing place you want to look at the penetrations you want to see where the gas is coming in you want to see the air is going out mm-hmm. right because those are those are exterior structural 
changes yep. and you know whether grease traps flows so you have to design against what's already existing in that footprint mm -hmm. and that's going to drive your design but a lot of people go in and they have a new vision and then they scrape it and they found themselves in a big big problem so instead of using what's there and being smart and doing as few changes as possible which will help you all the way through the permit process mm -hmm. you know just kinda, you know make good of what is they, they, their egos or their their pride or whatever it is it's not a bad thing sure. but they're going in just scrape right and uh and that's number one. Then the process, I mean, we can get into the bureaucracy, the, the, the pressures in the ABR, the building department, the parking commission, the signage bureau, the, I mean, the, the inconsistencies in environmental health, the BOE, the, I mean, well, I could, let's go. No, it's uh, unbelievable. I, I figured ABC, we'd get into the, this too. It so. just goes and goes and goes. And the one hand's not talking to the other. Mm -hmm. They have no accountability. They don't understand it from a business perspective. They don't understand timelines. They have no, there's no penalty for, the, for their employment. Right. They, they don't get fired. Right. And if you don't have accountability and termination, then you don't have a business. And they're, they are a business and we are the customer. And you go in there and with they, they have terrible customer service and, and, and we're the customer. That's just the fact of it. If I had terrible customer service in the restaurant business, I'd be out of business. Right. Yeah. They're terrible. How ironic is that? Um, a lot of people from the way I've heard it and read about it you know they go into the business like it's almost uh it's a passion thing right i've been doing this job for so long and somebody says what do you really want to do with your life and they go i want to open a restaurant and you know you in the business me having worked in it previously i kind of take a step back and go whoa i don't know if you're going into this the right way um don't go into it well go into it with passion because you want to do that but go into it with a business mind because your social life is basically gone. Mm -hmm. It's the business is now your new spouse. 24-7, you're always there. You're responsible to make everybody happy. You are the um, teacher to all your employees, right? You're lending to them sometimes. Um, What's the biggest hurdle for somebody starting a bank outside of the money and the bureaucracy? When they go into it, what do they not see that you could tell them that they might not have thought about before? Uh, mostly the, the, the build out structural timeline, right. hitting a budget. That's number one. And then, and then the, the, what happens because they, they missed that mark initially, mm -hmm. then they don't, they don't have the cash flow necessary to write out that first year or second year. Mm -hmm. And they're borrowing, they're diluting themselves. Right? Already, There's right? Already, Before, mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's the most common thing because they don't realistically know it's it's an it's an over a year process. Mm -hmm. You have to pay rent for the whole year. Right. Then building the business, you might as well just consider of like, what are you budgeting for losses? Because yep. you're not making money year one, so you might as well just pencil that in. So I think it's realistic budgeting and talking to somebody that's been in. I, I have friends that have called me. I'm really, I'm really happy and grateful that I'm approachable in regards to like people don't mind. They call, they'll call me up. I do what do you think? And, and it's not because uh, I know it all, it's because I'm not judging, you know? Like, I'll give you my honest opinion. Right. And usually it's on the, on the side of caution. Sure, and, well you're uh, going off past experience yeah, too. Yeah, I, I go off the learned side of caution. A lot. And then I said, I'll tell them, I'll come, I'll come, let me go look at the space before you sign the lease, and then I'll give you my feedback. And it's like, you know, please, before you sign a lease, call me. Even if you've never met me before. It's just like, that's what I right? tell people. Yeah. Tell your friends. Because yeah. because people lose houses, families, they get alcoholic problems, they're so depressed, they're bummed, they lose their business, their their lives fall apart because of the, the dream of opening a restaurant. I've seen it. 
Oh, I believe it. You've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> we can name probably 10 people we well, know. Well, it's so funny too, just a initial meeting with you or a conversation, if you were there for that beginning part, could save numerous people from going down the and, road. And, and, I'm, and I'm stoked to say it has. I mean, yeah. I have several people that are like, we didn't thank you, you know, now. We ended up moving to Newport. It was so much better. And God, thank God we didn't open that. I'm like, all right, cool. No, it's good. <laughs> so I, so it's, not, it's not a fear of competition. It's just I sure. really don't want to see people, you know, overextend themselves like that. So the, the businesses that do start and are successful, is there something that you could attribute that to? Do, is, it, is it timing? Is it luck? Did they plan everything and do everything kind of to what you're talking about? They had... Um, the right structure in place. They went in and did all the tenant improvements the right way. Um, what do you think? I mean, you know, it's what is it? One in ten restaurants uh, are successful, uh-huh. and nine of ten fail after a year or two years. Why yeah. is that? God, I think Especially it's, well, here it's in this kind of like you touched on a few of them right there. You know, there, there's, you know, obviously location. Are you feeling a void in the marketplace? Well, how um, much? Sorry to interrupt. No, no, uh, the location. I mean, yep. talking to some other people in the restaurant business. You know, one very successful business that you mentioned earlier, when we talked to them, they said location, location, location. That's all they look for. Mm-hmm. They find a place that has a lot of foot traffic, that's accessible, that's where they go. And it doesn't yeah. really necessarily matter where it is in the whole scheme of the city. It's just that they see that foot traffic. What do you think? Well, it depends on, it depends on what, uh, what, what uh, segment you're in. That's true. That's what, you know, it yep. depends on if you're, if you're in fast, if you're in fast food, it doesn't matter as much. Right. If you're in a dive bar, it certainly doesn't matter. If you're in, right. you know, so a <laughs> diner doesn't matter as much, whereas a seafood place kind of does. Definitely. So I think it, it, it depends on mm-hmm. what, what your, what your brand is or what your, what your idea is. What I see a lot going right now is really good funding because money's cheap. Yeah. So people have money. Yep. So that's obviously, if you have money and you're okay bleeding, um, that seems to be what's six, what's surviving, right? Okay. And there's a lot of blow and go models. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to get 14, 15 sell. Right. And so they don't care if they're losing. They, they're looking at the, the growth of their company as a whole mm-hmm. as the selling point. There is a market demand. You guys can come in and clean out all the fat in the middle of the P&L and the controllables. But there is a market demand. We've, we've showed you the top lines here. Yeah. So they're running overstaffed, over money. There's a couple examples I could give you of companies like that. And you go, but, they can't be making money. Like, they, don't, they don't care. Right. They're just adding that in into their overall investment before their sale. Mm-hmm. So if they rack it up from 25 million to 42 million, they don't care if they're planning on selling for 150. It's not like a make or break. Yep. So they're just so you walk in and they have great service. I'm like yeah, they have five managers on. And, well, how can they afford that? Well, they have a different business model. Totally. You know, yeah. if you're an independent operator, it's different. Absolutely. Like you talked about, you're married to the place. You know. Yeah. The end all be all is you. Yep. You know, you lose sleep over payroll. You're That's thinking it. about you're thinking about you know. The, the water heater when you're in the shower. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. this is insane. 18 hour days, seven days a week. Yeah. Hopefully to become successful after a year or two or however long it takes. Yeah. Right. And always worrying, are we going to close the doors this month? Is this going to be the month? I don't know the, if we're going to make it. A lot of the great operators that I've, you know, got to know and then, you know, and, and read about is, you know, it's about taking a punch. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's an imperfect industry. Mm-hmm. Huge margin of error. Mm-hmm. Repair and maintenance like saturated, heavy with personality. Yes, yeah, you, you have that margin area what we call people, right? Right, and then so you have so this is you, you know what this is this shit goes wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so don't think it's not gonna. I mean, so it's about just oh putting that head down and taking the blows. Absolutely, and then Lock and, and tackle. yeah, and and expect it, budget for it, know it. This yep. is the nature of the industry: heavy wear and tear, 
mm -hmm. right? And a heavy turnover. So back to what something that you just mentioned, the other people that you know in the industry that are successful, do you think there are some similarities between those people? Is it that they all can take that punch? No, I don't see I don't see a, I don't totally see a, Oh yeah, there's they're all tenacious. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. But they they're all going to keep going uh, and fighting and uh, uh, they all are yeah, they get out there they, and they don't mind swinging and they'll just keep going and that's true because it's hard work, so you need that. Um, other than that, no, because I, I see people successful from every demographic, from every uh, style, you know what I mean, uh, yeah. whether, you know, from every gender, you know, I've seen success on, on the Absolutely. whole spectrum in the restaurant business. So I don't, I don't see that, but I know that you got to, I think you have to have thick skin and you, and you got to be willing to work. You Definitely. Know? Yeah. So, and this is a, a good thing um, for you because all the restaurants have been successful so far. What... Uh, what are the main reasons, if you can, why the why the other nine out of ten businesses go out of business outside of uh, location? Is it wrong price point? Um, is it uh, culture? Yeah, it's a lot culture. Of culture. Um, yeah, it's, it's just that it's that litany of location underfunded. You mm -hmm. know, uh, the unexpected, mm -hmm. all the, the build out issues, yeah. um, lack of experience. You know, kind that's of a biggie. romanticizing. Definitely. You know, yeah, I mean, absolutely. that's the, so like when I think about like, what do, you, what do I envision myself in 15 years? Like, what would I like to do? I'd like to do kind of a, a, a real, like a via Skype or an online type consulting thing for just for people, just to keep people from making bad decisions, not necessarily to make money, not being a, a part of the creative part or the emotional part. Just mm -hmm. can you give me your thing and let me look at it for you? Yep. Because it's. It's not a long process, you know. I can grind the numbers and look at the demographics. It's a, it's, you know, it's a two-day process. Sure, it's, it's not a big deal. When yep. it, even if I charged you well, it'd be like a two thousand dollars investment. You mm -hmm. know, people need that, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I just don't know. I'm not good at ever marketing or telling people about it. But I get people calling me just as friends. But I think there's a way to, you know, as you get older and this business gets tiring, you know, that you can still be of service just a different kind of service to the industry, you know, which mm -hmm. is helping people succeed. Oh, definitely. So to that point too, so say somebody calls you up or how many times, if any, has somebody called you, you got involved, you went in, you looked at the numbers, you looked at the location and you said, you know what, don't do it, you guys. This is just set up for disaster all the way around. Yeah, and probably, they went, five, probably five times, I did, what just happened on two weeks ago. You know, forget if your cost of goods, you know, forget all that. Just right, they're glazed over, they don't even hear like you can't enter a restaurant lease over seven percent anymore. You can't do it mm -hmm. because the minimum wage and all the other, you know, the margins have shrunk five, yep. and it was out of your control. It's all government pressures, right, and laws and regulations and processes. So I can't pay ten anymore. Yeah, no can <laughs> you know? do. So no if you're more. looking at your sales just right from the beginning, you're like, okay, if it's twenty eight hundred bucks, what's twenty? This is easy. Times twelve. Right. You know, whatever, if you're on it, right? sure. times 12, and then divide that into your sales. If you're over 7%, you will never be able to afford it. Yeah. And my dad taught me from the beginning, he's like, get a, get a picnic chair, sit in front of the place you want to do, and then do all the non-controllables. Find out your real break-even. Don't find out what you're going to, you know, project to get rich. What's your, what's your so you look at a place like, say, Ventura Brophy's, and I did that. I got a beach chair, and I looked. And I watched the foot traffic, and I looked at the competitors, and I looked at the thing, I read the demographics. I'm like, I had to do 45 lunches a day to break even. 45 lunches, 65 dinners, Monday through Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday was a different blend. Sure. It was a different blend. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can do that. Yep. I can do that. So worst case scenario, I'm, no, I'm not I'm breaking even. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that was good enough when you go into, into this uh, high-risk industry, right? So people don't do that. Like, realistically, I didn't see one per. What makes you think you're going to get 120 <laughs> people in for lunch? <laughs> right, yeah. This guy's been here for eight years, and he's only got, like, 20 people. So totally, what, yeah. So you get it to butts and seats. Get it to butts and seats. What's your per head? And people don't oh. grind it that, you know what I mean? They don't, they, don't, they don't grind it that long. No. To find out how many actual butts you need in seats. That's because that, that changes, because as I raise yeah. as, as I raise my prices, right, I might keep the same sales, but we showed that, but we have less guests. Yep. So how many people? Have you seen uh, since the Montecito mudslides, Thomas Fire, all that, the business over the past 18 months, um, percent-wise, how much has that changed for any of your restaurants? Has it, or has it all well, just been flat? There's so many contributing factors. You're looking at the tax cuts. You're looking at the economy, right? You're looking at the, the slides, the mudslides. You're looking at the saturation of the market. You're looking at the Amazon effect on retail. Mm-hmm. You're looking at, okay, then the minimum wage. Right. So then you got the minimum wage, you got the inflationary, you got the mini price increase high. Is it that that's causing it? Or is it because there was no tourism last year? Or is it the guy that opened up next door? Or is it the economy? Or is it, or is it because the economy in Europe's bad? There's no tourism. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. That is. It used to just be a previous year comparison. All right. Well, what's our cost of goods? Don't have to raise prices this year. I didn't raise prices at Brophy's for, you know, like seven years. Yeah. Because you didn't have to. Nope. Yeah, totally. And then all of a sudden now it's like. Right. So consumer goods, no inflation. I don't know. Right? It is definitely come a long way from when we first started. That's for sure. What about, uh, I don't want to get into too much of the, the bureaucracy that you have to deal with, especially with the state. How about the city? How is it dealing Different with departments or different experiences. Okay. You know? Yep. Like, I mean, the waterfront department is right. fabulous. Yep. Those guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. Police department, incredible. Yep. Uh, I mean, you know, building department, uh, an absolute horror show. You know, I Can't mean, the, the, health, the environmental health. Um, overstepping their grounds now for revenue generation. I mean, really getting more, getting ridiculous. You know, that unfair enforcement. Hmm. I will walk in, like, well, for example, I bought Farmer Boy. This is the one story I'll tell in the whole thing. I went in, Ralph Karskin was a family friend. I said, if you're ever ready to sell, I want to buy. Great. So I went in there after hours and wanted to look at the condition of the place to make sure that I could just flip it because I didn't want to do a gut, you know, so because I wanted to be able to pay him some money. So I went in and looked in. I'm like, oh, my, like, oh, I saw violations that would make your, like, honestly. <laughs> totally. No, I believe it. And it's nothing about Ralph. You know, Ralph was right. sick at the time. He was, he was, it wasn't about that. But what stood out to me as very concerning was I said, where's your last environmental health inspection? He's like, I just had one last week. Here it is. There were four things, low, small infractions. There was the... The metal was torn off the foam core in the walk-in, so there was just foam exposed. It was breathing with mold. That wasn't on there. I mean, there was many things that weren't on there. Why? Because, and Ralph says, yeah, they give me a break because they know I'm going through hard times. Okay, I can't accept that. I can't accept that. That pissed me off. Because then I look at Brophy's, I have seven pages. So if it's a health issue, it should be evenly and equally enforced. Absolutely. And they don't do that, and that is very disturbing to me. They, you know, it's like, oh, he's having a hard time. We'll go easy on him. But you, you have money. You're all successful. And they just hammer you. And they hammer you relentlessly and uh, unacceptable. And we're going to address that. That's going to be one of the things that me and the other gentlemen that I mentioned their names before we got on. on yep. we're, we're going out. We're going to make that clear. It's, 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 it's indef- you cannot defend it, you know. Where does that get done when you go talk to these people? Is that 
up north like Sacramento done? Or where are you going to go have this conversation? No, we're just going to go to media and stuff. Oh, okay. We're just going to go to the newspaper and media and just start talking about it. Because I'm not opening businesses here anymore. Right. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah, my, my my mother's fine with it, or my family's fine with it, and the other couple guys that have, have done a lot of good things in this town, like a lot, and they've mm -hmm. deemed never to work here again. We're just going to start really telling our stories mm -hmm. with documentation, not as a threat, just because it has to be done, and nobody wants to do it when they're in the pipeline. So all of us have shied away from it for years because you're in the pipeline. They'll right. just they'll just dam up the process. So, you know. Pretty interesting. Very interesting. I had no idea about that. Um, I mean, for example, the ABR. Mm -hmm. Why can you have a, a, a pink Cinnabon restaurant on, on Santa Barbara Street, and then you can have this ode to a mural temple, and then I can't have a sign? You just, okay, well, that's great. This time, it's, it's all based on their, what? You can't have that type of you know power without it being you know, a little bit misused, you know, sure. and that's what, that's what you see. You see the inconsistencies in our small community here. And that's what makes people crazy. Well, that's what they always preach to us, right? Yeah, I have to give equal opportunity to everybody. I have to build my bar, my back bar, so I can, like a bowling alley, just in case I hire a, 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 a bartender that's in a wheelchair. Okay, well, hold on a second. Talk about the, 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 the tail wagging the dog. There's like one guy maybe that would ever want to work here in like the whole country. And you're going to make us kill intimacy, atmosphere, um, ergonomics. Now you got to take two steps to get a bottle. You're going to destroy our, the entire feel, flow, and function of the place for the one exception. This is insanity. This has gone too far. That's why in yeah. Ventura Brophy's, it looks like you can, th you can bowl behind the bar. And I was already signed a lease in the pipeline and drawing the plans before I found out that I had to have a bowling alley in my restaurant. Right. So you're Because I might hire one guy in a wheelchair. I mean, really? This is where we're at? In conjunction with what we were just talking about and what you were just saying, knowing what you know now, all the history you have in the restaurant business, the failures, the successes, would you, in Santa Barbara, look to open a new restaurant in this day and age? Absolutely not. Um, thought you might say that. And, I, and, and it's not because I'm a, I'm a hater on anything other than just so simple math. Yeah population is not growing and if you look at the environmental health and you find out how many food service uh, locations they have in comparison to 10 years ago you'll see that population hasn't grown but there's 3,000 more seats to fill that's what we talked about the last simple time. math that's right it's we a simple and that. it's all public information yeah. you know so maybe it's it's not you know you know 200 new restaurants or 3,000 seats but it's something close and uh, you know because when I checked it it was something close so I mean I, I encourage people to definitely get those two numbers because it's telling. And then bed tax is also sneaky. Oh, yeah. Very. Like, oh, bed tax is up and we have more people and revenue and the tourists are coming. Another, well, well, hold on, stop. What'd you raise your prices last year? What'd you raise your prices? And they're like, oh, well, we, you know, 16%. Okay. And then, oh, that's funny. You raise it 16%, but it's only 8% net. So you're lying to the people. There's not more tourists coming through. Absolutely not. It's not true. No. That's not true. And it's not the health of the city is not good. And the, and, and the fact that you have people saying it is, mm -hmm. is not true, you know? Um, and so the satch, all that happened with the, with the rollout of those other 3,000 seats or 100, you know, eateries between Carp and Galita, yep. the only thing that happened is cannibalization. That's it. All the existing restaurants are making less money and these guys are just making enough money. So nobody's making money. Yeah. 
So everybody, it's just, it's just spread out. Until nine or 10 of those go out of business when another nine come in and it's yep. just sick. Well, it's gonna, get, it's gonna get bad before it gets good for sure. Cause yep. there will be a correction in the market. There always is and there hasn't been. So whether it's five years from now or three years, when something changes, sure. money isn't cheap, things change, right? right. People are gonna be like this. And my mom and I were talking about this the other, the other day, maybe, maybe this morning even, and it's true. If there's no fun, it's no fun. If you're not making any money, it's really not fun. So Absolutely. if you're sitting there just having a, you know, eventually after a couple of years, even if you're not losing money and you're barely staying even, making $65,000 a year in Santa Barbara, you're pretty much poor. You're having a hard time because it's ridiculous. And you have all that stress at that restaurant. Like, Definitely. what am I doing? So you yep. just sell it. And then it's like, and that, that is what you saw. You saw that happen to a couple of guys on like Lower State there, the, the little you know, fish and chip place. And good Definitely. guys, good yep. guys. Absolutely. And they're just like, this is crazy. Yep. I'm making money, but I'm not, you can't. Yeah. So, you know, so I see that, their correction. Um, I also think landlords have to, landlords have had the honeymoon period for 25 years now. Mm-hmm. You know, literally, you know, triple net leases, CAMs, no TI contributions, personal guarantees. Mm-hmm. Really? So yeah. zero, really? And that's got to change. So as soon as that changes and, and, and landlords become more of your partner, like they are in Phoenix and Austin and all these other emerging markets, which they really are. I mean, they're putting, if, if your total capital improvement budget is 800,000 bucks, they're, they're in for 450. Right. You know, yep. hello, there's the difference between making money and not making money, about Without staying in business and not saying, so this, that's got to change. Yep. I think the zoning and CUPs have to change downtown, make it residential. I think you got to close off State Street, right? You got you to give them a reason to have a good time. Well, you know? this is probably a loaded question. I think I already know the answer, but knowing Santa Barbara and all those things that need to change mm-hmm. in order to um, get to where. That's why in my lifetime I won't do business here again. Well, when I went to a meeting with Helene Schneider in the city about the, the development, it wasn't just me and then them. I'm not a, a they, they wouldn't have invited me, but it was a group, you know, like 100 people in a room and th- three years ago, three years ago about mm-hmm. what to do with State Street Corridor, three years ago. Not one of our pieces of feedback was implemented, not one. And really good, smart ones. I bet. Like, they, they, you know, Dan, the guy, the, the ex-CEO of Raytheon, smart guy lives at the top of Granada. He was in that meeting. He's a smart guy. We might want to listen to this guy. He's like, I have an idea. You go into malls when they're in construction, they have great murals in the windows. He's like, why don't you just take pictures of the museum and the, and the, and the mission and the beaches and, and require an ordinance for landlords to have these films in the window and, and put a little realtor sign this big and clean it up so it's a pleasant experience when you walk through. That is a simple fix. No. Nothing. Next. Thank you, sir. Next. Wait, wait like- pardon me? I was like, this. what do you mean? Thank you. Yeah. Like that should be done tomorrow. So nothing happened in three years. And then, then I got an invite to a, the similar type of meeting. I live in Idaho. Three years later, from the new mayor, we want to have a meeting. I said, yeah, listen to me the first time. I'm not coming back. Right. And I have about nine friends that said that didn't go. They're like, no, they don't listen. They, they, what, then she's going to get replaced and they're going to start all over again? I mean, simple solutions. I mean, closing off State Street for two blocks or three blocks is a great idea. Yeah, I agree. A fantastic idea. Bring the party outside. Yep. Lighten up. But obviously, some change needs to happen because mm-hmm. what we're doing now, we're just spinning the wheels, right? Yeah, it's like you have to pivot. Yeah. Evolve or die. And that goes with city government. That goes with zoning. So, you know, you know conditional use permits. That it, they have to change with the times. It does, it's not relevant. It's not even a relevant document anymore. You know, everything changed. So you have to change as well. But what happens is life changes faster than these, these clowns can keep up. And that's that's what's happening in a I think in my opinion in a, in a simple snapshot of what's going on there. Um, 
Uh, we could probably talk on this for many more hours. We, we've talked on it for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, man. No, fun. thank you for coming in. Um, I had a great time. Um, and maybe we'll do this again in the future. We'll follow up on our initial yeah, Send some clients my way before they lose some money. If they, I'll help if I can. No, I'm just I always would send them their way, man. Yeah, You're yeah. a smart man and definitely have your finger on the pulse of how to have a successful restaurant, uh, not only in this town, but probably anywhere. So. Yeah, well, cool. Thanks, Appreciate man. it. Appreciate Thanks. it. Yeah.